0: Dogs are for breakfast. And
1: then only in the hardest of times.
0: Hi, I'm Rachel.
1: And I'm Matt. And this is
0: Come In, 81 Kilo,
1: a Forever Night podcast.
0: Episode. Now, read only this. It's 1995. Take a moment. Close your eyes. I'm going to put you in. Okay. Eyes are closed. In. Okay. This cool vampire show just came to the USA network. Yep. You probably haven't seen the first two seasons because.
1: Absolutely not. It's
0: 1995. One of them showed in Canada. One of them showed on, hmm, I don't know.
1: I missed the marathon.
0: And they just disappeared into the ether. So they're not available. So this is your first experience with this cool new hot vampire show on the USA Starting Network. with an
1: airplane crash.
0: Yeah. You start with an airplane crash. Some characters who you don't know died.
1: Who's this Shank guy?
0: <laughs> it's sad, but you don't know why. And then, ooh, they're going to talk about police brutality and excessive force. Oh, my God. This wow. is going to be such a cool this is show. groundbreaking. Oh, this is great.
1: Let's see what... Hard hitting social commentary, we tackle next.
0: And then you get your Native American mysticism episode. And since hmm, it's 1995, that's a little. No, no, it's 1995. Oh, yeah, that's right. That hit. Mm, that mm, was great. I loved it. Oh, I love it. Give me more of that. So you put it on. It's the fifth week. You're so excited. You're ready to watch this show.
1: Episode five, season three. Oh, Let's do it. What's this one about?
0: Tell me how you feel right now. Knowing what the fifth episode is.
1: What the fuck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought this was later in the season. I don't know why. I think we've mentioned before. I i don't really ever watch these in order. I just kind of like, I like that one, that one, and that one. I'm going to watch those. Um, I really thought this came later in the season because they find out, you know, midway through the season-ish that they're not going to get renewed. Yeah. And so... Fuck it. We just do what we want. I thought this was in the fuck it. We do what we want. Oh no, they front loaded the season with Vampire Dog. I think this is an effort to shoehorn in some expanded mythology. Okay. Because we cover the karoosh So I think we are attempting to. And so they needed an animal character. So I think they needed a good way of being like, well, what the fuck is Screed? We had Screed in Black Buddha. Screed disappeared.
1: Yeah. Why does Screed only eat rats?
0: Yeah. Like what's, what the hell is up with Screed? Why is he different than everybody else? And so.
1: And so we got a little reference to if you don't eat a human in the first 24 hours or whatever. If your first meal. Or if your first first meal. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's why when he gives Richard a bottle of cow blood in season one. He was torpedoing Richard's entire life, making him a Karush, but we didn't know that yet. They didn't know that yet. Nobody knew that yet. I think that's what they were trying to do. And I think it's another... We're trying to talk about social issues. We're trying to be like horror Star Trek, where we talk about right. these social issues, but we we couch it in um, vampire mythology. Mm-hmm. So we talked about police brutality. We talked about uh native americans and how they should have the right to their own land kind of if they can prove it with a really really old deed <laughs> and now we're like ooh it's important to still talk to people even after they've been diagnosed with a debilitating chronic illness so i think it's a a little bit of way to introduce vampire mythology and b hey Check in with your friend.
1: Check in with your sick friends.
0: Check in with your sick friends. Don't, don't, don't ignore them just because they make you slightly uncomfortable. They're still them inside, even though they've changed, not into a vampire, but they have like MS
1: or something. Some of them have changed more than others.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, if we want to give it a little bit of benefit of the doubt, some some BOD, there it is. But I don't know who wrote this and then they gave it to the showrunners and they were like, Yeah, checks out. Let's, let's make this episode. Um, because of the choices that they have to make to make the dog vampire y, and that I think is really where the unintentional humor of this episode comes in. I'm all about the I'm all about the check in with your chronically ill friends or your your friends that have some kind of physical or whatever, disability, because they're still people, because they are still people. Um, This is a topic that I think about a lot because almost everybody in my family has some kind of chronic um, disease, disease, just whatever, some kind of chronic condition. Um, And I had to watch my dad go through Parkinson's and then watch him lose friends because it was hard to be around him when he wasn't dan the same dan that he used to be and it was hard to watch and this actually does happen and if you have a friend who has a chronic illness and you do what tracy does fucking shame on you just shame on you you don't don't go somebody just because they're oh we don't get to go out and party anymore how no. you're not a helicopter pilot anymore because nah. they were sorority sisters right and then she got diagnosed with Um, an extreme form of MS because it's actually attacking her brainstem. And Tracy was like, that makes me uncomfortable and stopped talking to her.
1: Right. If you're not a cool helicopter pilot, what are you bringing to this relationship anymore?
0: Right. Her dad got her a desk job, shuffled her away to a back room. And Tracy was like, done. I don't need to worry about that anymore.
1: I'm doing my part.
0: I'm doing my part. But we open with Jody. We don't know that Jody's going to be our main character yet. Um. By all standards of the show, she should be the murder victim, but she's not. She's walking through this park with her dog, Perry, and Perry is growling, and she's like, is it those squirrels again, Perry? She's like, you know, you sit with me all night on my shift. Okay, so lead me to a bench, and you can have some fun.
1: You go have some fun.
0: So she goes to sit on a bench. She lets Perry go so he can chase some squirrels, and she's like, don't go far. Which I guess he does this fairly often because she mentions it to the vet. She goes, yeah, I know I shouldn't do it, but he doesn't He always comes back. Um, Except this time he's digging in the dirt around some flower bushes. And then these two dirt covered hands emerge and pull the dog down. And then we go to da-da, da-da.
1: I'm wondering (laughs) whose hands those are.
0: Doesn't matter. We never find out.
1: Are they in the credits?
0: The Karush. Are they in the
1: cover? <laughs> I don't know. Cause Screed mentions there's another Karush. Yeah. And around. he's like, Where should I look and for him? He's he a goes badass. Uh,
0: under a rock. He's like, I don't know, under a rock. He buries
1: himself at night. He he doesn't have a house. I
0: mean, theoretically there should be more carouches than there are regular vampires because I mean if you make somebody if, anytime they bite somebody and don't completely drain them, they can turn into a vampire. Apparently. Because that's how it works this episode. So literally, anytime and they the, finish the a meal, like
1: conversion timeline, well, it varies. Maybe. maybe, maybe dogs can do more with vampirism than humans can.
0: Maybe it's a skill thing.
1: Yeah, or it's a skill it, issue,
0: or it's how ready the person is to come back. Maybe how the hard del-
1: the person fights it.
0: Maybe, yeah, maybe the delay is the choice.
1: Oh, like when Nick. Went to the afterlife. Yeah, he, when he's in, the he co- had the opportunity the to
0: ball gown. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> the diaphanous uh, mullet spirit. Yes, um, and he has he waffles. He has a conversation. He's like, no, I don't want to go with you. Uh, he gave me. He told me I could be an immortal fuck boy. You're not telling me I can be, be an immortal fuck boy. I'm going to have lived this life where my first love got murdered by this guy and then I took the fall for it. And then I went to the Crusades and I got wounded and now I'm just going to die. Fuck you. No, I'm going to go do some other shit first. Uh, and then later I'm going to come back and be like, I should have just died. And they're going to be like, we told you, but sorry, you made your bed. Now lie in it. Um, yeah, that would be maybe, I don't know, it's that, because she really wants to come back for her dog, so. Yeah,
1: she's like, uh, I get to go be with my dog forever. Forever. MBB, MBFF. Yeah. Man's best friend forever.
0: Literally forever. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I like how the Golden Retriever ho- holds his shit together. The golden, re- <laughs> the golden Retriever becomes the vampire dog version of Nick, but the Rottweiler becomes the vampire dog version of LaCroix.
1: Um. Well, in the flashback, the Rottweiler still like sits when Nick tells it. to Yeah,
0: but it's run off and is just wantonly murdering people. Oh, about right, the countryside.
1: because LaCroix traumatized it.
0: Well, no, I think it's because like the dog temp. I'm just I'm making the joke here that Nick is a yeah, golden retriever dog. vampire. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you.
1: He he is. Yeah. The golden retriever. Vampire. Because the
0: the uh the dog doesn't even really eat for a while. It even sees somebody with a nosebleed and he's like, hold it together. Hold it together. He doesn't really kill anybody until it's justified. Until they have harmed Jody. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the intro. And then we come back to Nick and Nick is at home and he's like, he picks his uh, holster off the table and hangs it on the chair. And then fills a glass with blood, and he's just sitting there drinking. And we're flip flopping between Nick and the dog because Jody is on the phone with the vet. And she's like, Yeah, he's been listless all day and he's off his food. And of course, Nick's been listless all day because vampires. And then Nick opens the window, and it's still sunny out. And Jody goes to open the door because she's taking him to the vet, and it's sunny out. And they're both like,
1: And the, that! the dog won't go.
0: Yeah. And she's like, all right, fine. We won't go to the vet. But you still have to come with me tonight. And the dog's like, dodge that bullet. Thank God my owner is on night shift. Yeah. (laughs) And then Nick goes into work and Tracy is looking at a dog book, but it looks like, remember the DK books? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looks like... All a,
1: about X. Yeah, all about
0: dogs. And it was always just a big picture and a little bit of text because it's like, dogs. And it's like, this is a yellow dog. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big dog. <laughs> Which dog is bigger, this dog or that dog? That's what it looks like she's looking at. And Nick is like, oh, are you thinking about getting a puppy? And she's like, my nephew wants one of those wrinkly Chinese deals. And Nick, Nick goes, oh, a Sharpei." And Tracy's like, see, I knew you liked dogs. Maybe he just likes to watch the uh, dog show. What's Maybe. the big dog show? It used to have a... The
1: American Kennel Club. Yeah. Something, something. Now it's like
0: the Eukanuba Club or something like that. But yeah, the, we used to watch that every year. I have owned one purebred dog in my entire life. And yet we watched that every year. And that dog was a dick. My parents got A, a no... Cocker spaniel. When we were all little, and I'm pretty sure if you look up Cocker spaniel, it says in really big text, not for children. <laughs> like they're one of the most the worst with children dogs.
1: When you mentioned that they got it before you were born. Yeah. And and when you looked up information about it, they were like they f- they like pack bond yeah. very tightly and you can't really add new members to the pack after yeah. you integrate them. So don't get this dog until, like, if you're going to have a family. Yeah. If this is the family dog, don't have any more kids, basically. Yeah. <laughs> after you have the dog. Yeah, so That's when they got the like dog. Me. And then Rachel was born.
0: Yeah. It did not like me. And it was expensive, which is what Tracy says. She's like, uh, yeah, the shar isn't just a dog. It's an investment. I could buy a new car for what you pay for one of a these Mazda. Puppies. A Mazda. Pu- a Mazda, yes. She goes, I could buy a Mazda. And Nick goes, Mazdas don't fetch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the value of the dog, though. They fetch. <laughs> they fetch? Do shar They play with fetch? you. Probably. Any, I don't know. There's. I heard someone summarize it as... There's more difference between, like, personality-wise. There's more difference in the personalities of dogs within the same breed than there is between the averages in each breed. So, uh, basically, the personality doesn't really matter on the breed, or, like, yeah. depend on the breed. Well, some do. There are a couple things where, like...
0: They have tendencies.
1: There are tendencies like hunting yeah. Or herding instincts. Yeah. But as far as like nice or I mean. I think we should or... probably
0: preface this with the fact that we are not dog people. We're not dog people. Um, I have no specific objections to dogs. I just never in my life want to own a dog. I have owned dogs. Like we had dogs growing up. Family
1: dogs. All the yeah.
0: time. My mom still has a dog. It's the. <laughs> it's the.
1: Maybe he got bit by a vampire. I don't
0: know. Jack is a special, special creature. He is a—I'll just say it—he's a double dapple dachshund, and he's like the disabled version of a dachshund because he has—he was born without eyes and he's deaf. (laughs) He
1: he had one eye that was half functional.
0: Yeah, he used to be able to kind of cock his head to the side and see a little bit, but he's pretty much all blind and deaf now. So he's just a nose, and somehow he has wreaked more havoc than any dog they have ever owned <laughs> um i mean i've even owned really good dogs we had a couple of just great dogs i just i'm not i would prefer cats so i don't know um i don't i just don't stop listening to the podcast because you think we hate dogs we don't hate dogs but i don't see the appeal <laughs> of owning dogs i right. guess yeah so I that mean, said that being said uh Tracy's talking to Nick about dogs. And she says, have you ever owned one? And he's like, yeah, a long time ago. And eventually he's like, you know what? I do like dogs, actually. Because they accept you for exactly who you are. He goes, yeah, I like dogs. They're your friend. They're your companion. They accept you for exactly who you are. And they don't leave you. And they don't follow you around for centuries and murder your friends.
1: (laughs) Oh, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, are you talking about a we, dog, Nick? We
0: have bumped into trauma. Hmm. And of course we have. We know we have. Because we immediately go into a flashback. Where Nick As is... he's
1: he's looking through the book and he sees a Rottweiler. Yeah. And then he just kind of looks up slowly.
0: Yeah. So he's skulking through the woods in like a cape. Uh, he's, he's roughing it. He's like mountain man, Nick. And there's a dog following him. And he's like. Go leave. Don't stay with me. Go, strange beast. And the dog is like, Be my best friend. (laughs) He's like, No, no. I'm lonely. Go, 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 go. And the dog's like, Please. And then, of course, Nick caves immediately. He's like, Okay, fine. Come in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course, you
0: can come in. And he gives him venison. And he goes, "Uh, Venison for you. The rest is for me. Holds up a bottle.
1: Which he probably has an issue of, Hey, I'm going out and catching deer or whatever yeah and i'm draining the blood out of it and now i have like 150 pounds of of carcass yeah what am i gonna do with that yeah and having a dog yeah is a useful uh garbage disposal
0: correct like
1: i was at a friend's the other night for dinner and i spilled some rice and i said oh let me go get a broom and sweep that up and he's like no 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 and he called his dog <laughs> and the dog <laughs> cleaned up all the rice. It's like, "Oh, okay. There's oh. there's a pr- uh, there's one all item right. in the pro column." I was going
0: to say there's one tick in the features. So, he names the dog Rally as in Sir Walter. I'll call you Rally.
1: Sir Walter Rally. Rally. I mean, I don't know. Well, in England, it might be pronounced differently.
0: In, in You know what? I think sometimes Garrett has so many accents kicking around in his head, it probably gets a little confusing. Oh, no. It's
1: like in Highlander, where are you from, Nash? Lots, Lots of, of different, different
0: places. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. But yeah, we live in a state where the capital is Raleigh. So that would be R-A-L-R-A-L-E-I-G-H. R-A-L-E-I-G-H. Raleigh.
1: Although if you say the lay like sleigh, yeah, like I'm riding a sleigh, then it's raw Eh,
0: it's fine, whatever. So Tracy says she owns a dog, owned a dog when she was little, and it was named Sparky. And Nick goes, Sparky, huh? And she's like, what? And he's like, nothing. She goes, Well, what's wrong with Sparky? And he goes, Nothing. That's exactly what I would expect you to call a dog. <laughs> Did you have a cat named Fluffy? <laughs> But they get interrupted because Reese comes out and he's like, we got a homicide. There's a guy running around town doing weird shit. Y'all catch him. I'll be so happy. I'll buy you both a puppy. And they're like, oh, OK. And
1: so <laughs> Nick's in.
0: So then we're driving the around. Puppy. We're driving around in the Cadillac again and it's green screen. They must have just been like, no, insurance won't cover you filming actual driving around anymore.
1: It was probably an American thing uh, versus Canadian studio.
0: Maybe. I don't know. But then Nick looks up and there's a helicopter and he's like, what are they looking at? And Tracy's like, I don't know. And he's like, fucking find out. <laughs> I want to know what they're looking at. And so he doesn't say that, but he's like, let me see, you know, find out what they're looking at. And so she calls in to Metro Air Control and talks to the lady. And um, they find out that there's a there's something in progress at this park and they need to get there fast and, then and this she's... is
1: this is where we find out that the same lady with the dog that we saw earlier also works at air yes. control dispatch
0: yeah but the joke i was getting to here is she had just given tracy had just given nick advice on where to drive and nick goes do you want your own little steering wheel Pull <laughs> this guy off go around him take adelaide to jarvis it's faster
1: maybe you'd like your own little steering wheel huh <laughs> and then, uh and then jody at dispatch, yeah, says go this way, go, which is the way Nick said to go. No, it's, it's the faster. way that Tracy said to go. Oh, it is. Go. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, Tracy's I, I misinterpreted like misinterpreted the smiles
0: because mm-hmm. Tracy was right. You patronizing motherfucker! She <laughs> <laughs> knew exactly <laughs> where to go. <laughs> and this is when someone comes in to the dispatch and their nose is bleeding. It's two officers and the one officer is like, I'm so sorry. I didn't even see you standing there. And he's like, no, it's no problem. But he's literally dripping blood on the floor. And the dog is like, "Ooh, ooh, snackies. So he ends up licking the floor. And you're like, oh, no. As if the sunlight wasn't a clue. This dog is a vampire.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they get to the park and Nick tells Tracy, you go north and I'll go that way
1: so close
0: can't bring himself to say it go around with his code word with skanky yeah he can't say that with tracy so then we see the crime which is in progress which is a guy assaulting a lady This is really kind of graphic he's like cutting her button her buttons off of her blouse with a knife Mm -hmm. and then he licks the side of her face ew it's really gross what is it with this season and licking this is the second time (laughs) somebody's licked somebody's face
1: and in five
0: we, episodes,
1: and in this episode, this is the second licking scene we get.
0: Yeah, but this—talking <laughs> <laughs> about the dog, you doofus. <laughs> uh, it's just when Vashan gets turned, his master licks up the side of his face, and then right now, somebody—it just makes me feel like the director is like, "Now lick him,
1: now lick." <laughs> <laughs> <It's>,
0: <laughs> you know what would really amp up the drop? It's drama allegorical. In this scene? It's, you know what would really amp up the drama in this scene? If you just just go ahead and lick their face. <laughs> just lick their face, man. But Nick is zooming around the park, listening for the crime, and he gets there. And the guy runs away. But the lady, like, launches herself into Nick's arms. So he passes her to Tracy, and he runs into the bushes, but the guy gets away. And then, apparently, the bad guy gets away and gets on a bus. And it just so happens to be the bus that Jody is riding on.
1: And so he starts hitting on Jody.
0: Right. Uh, really grossly hitting on Jody, which Perry yeah. is totally not about. Perry starts growling at him.
1: Dogs have good uh, good read on people.
0: Yeah, they have good people people radar. Yeah. Douchebag radar. I don't know, because he's a fucking creep. He's like, I, I could cure you. I'll cure you because I'm the doctor of love. She's like, what the shit? So she calls. She, she's like, driver, this dude's being a dick because he like grabs her shoulder.
1: Appropriate. Then, yeah, good job.
0: Yeah, good job, Jody. And then the guy runs off. And then she goes home and she's like, ugh, doctor of love. Now I've heard everything. Gross. And the poor dog is laying in his bed. And if you can imagine what vampire, like a vampirism change does for human hearing. Can you imagine what this dog is hearing?
1: Right, his sense of hearing, sense of smell.
0: Yeah, must be just overwhelmingly terrible.
1: Yeah, like uh, Daredevil has to sleep in a sensory deprivation tank.
0: In the Ben Affleck one.
1: (laughs) The true Daredevil. Oh, yeah, the
0: canonical Daredevil, (laughs) Ben Affleck.
1: Or uh, the, the meme about how many... Lives does Superman have to save to justify himself going to sleep at night?
0: Yeah, because he still hears it all. Yeah. Yeah. And can you imagine the dog smelling? Like, his sense of smell. I don't know if he just hears this guy say Doctor of Love or if he smells this guy, but he runs out the dog door. And he would normally... We get, a, tra-
1: we get a whoosh, and then we just see the dog door flapping. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> so the dog would normally be trapped in the yard by the fence, but that doesn't work anymore because now the dog can fly.
1: (laughs) Super dog.
0: Super dog. I was like, how does the dog fly? Does the dog fly in a seated position?
1: So human flying position. Yeah. Picture a human standing up straight and then they look up at the sky. Yeah. And then you just turn them horizontally. Yeah. Right? Now picture a dog. Standing on all four legs and they look straight up and then you turn them <laughs> horizontally. So their tail is sticking straight up. I have... and their legs are sticking straight back.
0: Yeah. I have to imagine it's an extended version of their jumping position. The like legs out, feet out.
1: Right. The the human position is that way because that's the the lowest like profile. Yeah. Uh perpendicular to the movement the one so I... it's probably something like their jumping position where yeah. their front legs are forward and their back legs are back or they could just kind of tuck their legs up like the yeah. the cat loaf position or <laughs>
0: <laughs> the one i'm choosing to go with is their standing position that's what so falcor flying does flying around
1: falcor has all his legs tucked up yeah like well, he's laying down
0: Falcor's but that was probably special.
1: that's how they built the model and they yeah. didn't want to make the legs articulable.
0: Yeah, because the only other time we see Falcor is when he's lying on the ground. Yeah, we and never so, see
1: Falcor in a walking he position. He doesn't walk,
0: no. Why would he walk? He can fly. He would
1: just float. <laughs> right, just float.
0: Um, I choose to believe he flies with his legs and all of his legs straight down like he's standing. And you just pick up the <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter. He's off to be the hero because he's going to interrupt another sexual assault in progress. So he whooshes off. And he lands on the roof of this structure <laughs> it, behind like them. Like a
1: mausoleum. Because <laughs> they're in a graveyard, right? And
0: so they clearly have a model. Wait, hold
1: on. Are they in a graveyard? They're or they? in
0: like a something. A park. a park, I think. Okay. Um. So they clearly have a model of the dog snarling. And they're just... Pushing it forward for the long shot. That is not a real dog. It's just like... Like like somebody's (laughs) behind it with the dog on a stick. It's
1: probably like an animal safety thing. Oh, yeah. Like they couldn't have the dog up on this 10-foot ceiling. Yeah,
0: yeah. They probably put it up there and someone was like, no, 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 no. Step too far. Because then when we go to the close shot, it actually is the golden retriever. And he's actually snarling. And he attacks the bad guy. And apparently... Uh, brutally murders him
1: <laughs> so so at this point i said "Ooh." Oh, oh and then we we cut to nick and yeah we they hear come about, to the crime scene oh they something tore this guy apart and i thought oh a detective searching for a a you know <laughs> a beast that killed a man there better be a reference to the Hounds of Baskerville in here.
0: And Matt goes, we better reference the Hound of Baskervilles. And I lost it. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> oh my God. Pattern how could, recognition. <laughs> how, how could you even guess that they would, that Nick would somehow meet Arthur Conan Doyle?
1: I thought it was going to be just a nod to the story where, oh, no. like somebody's named the same. You like, thought, <laughs>
0: you thought that's not what happens. So they all standing over this body in the body bag. And they're like, oh man, whoever did this was really brutal. And Tracy's like, I'm pretty sure the lady said it was a dog. She said she saw like a blur, a fur, and then all of a sudden something was attacking this guy. What the hell could do that to a person? Well, she thinks it was a dog. She says she was lying there. All she saw was a big furry blur. And the next thing you know, the guy's being torn apart.
1: You know, w- whatever it is, it's a hero tonight. I and was really hoping that Nick and Natalie talking where and Nick Natalie was going to ask Nick about werewolves yeah. and Nick was going to be like no werewolves aren't a thing you just
0: want werewolves to be in this so bad
1: we get the we need the extended supernatural universe
0: no we don't get that being able to spirit walk wasn't extended enough for you you no. want more supernatural stuff
1: at least give me a ghost
0: Oh, it's coming! <laughs> I thought it was coming before this because it's not a bad episode. It's actually a really good episode. Maybe getting all of these out of the way ahead of time is for the best, because we're not—I'm not dreading Vampire Dog for the whole season now. Uh, but apparently, Perry brutally murdered this guy, and Nick is like, "Well, whatever did this? It's a hero tonight, whether it's a dog or a man. Whatever, they—they're doing the good job." They saved. They that are woman. the good boy. And Natalie is like, hmm. And he goes, what? And she's like, well, I just want to get this body back to the lab, but let's just say I smell bullshit. Something is up. And then we cut to Jody, and Jody's on the phone again, and she's like, yeah, he was out all night, but I, I don't know. I'll try to get him back tonight because Perry was gone apparently. Um,
1: superhero, superhero
0: stuff. business all night. Oh, and then like another, like a beat cop comes in and is talking to Jody, And she's like, oh my God, did you hear what happened last night? Some dog killed this rapist guy who was calling himself the doctor of love. And Jody's like, oh shit. Because that's the guy that talked to her on the bus. And Perry didn't like him. And Perry was gone all night and a dog killed the guy that harmed, that tried to hurt her. Mm-hmm. She puts the pieces together really quick. Yeah. Uh, but she doesn't want to believe it. Because she's like, oh, okay. And then the beat cop's like, yeah, chalk one up for the forces of good tonight. And then walks off completely unaware that the first seeds of Perry's destruction have been sown. (laughs) And then we got to Nick and Natalie versus the blender. Hey, we haven't had a shake in a while. So Natalie is blending up something.
1: Something. I I
0: want someone to walk in when they're in the morgue, and she's blending something, and then she gives it to Nick (laughs) to drink. Something
1: red and meaty?
0: And she gives it to Nick to drink, and he drinks it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, What? What's in it? Because she says, you could chew rusty nails for a year, and you wouldn't get that much iron.
1: You could chew on rusty nails for a whole year and not get that much iron. Go ahead. Drink it. Oh nostrovia nostrovia I think rusty nails would taste better.
0: And so she gives it to him and he's like, "Ugh, I think rusty nails would taste better." He doesn't even drink but like maybe a sip of it. Right. I love that she keeps trying. She's like, "I'm going to help you. We're going to get this done together." Which
1: this can't be like a garant like ew gross, I don't want to drink that thing because he drinks the Ribina. Like, a bunch.
0: Well, it's just supposed to be, Nick is Nick is half-assing this yeah. cure business. Yeah, Nick
1: isn't actually committed yeah. to participating in this the way that Natalie wants him to.
0: I know. Plus, I mean, what did she think? That iron is what he gets from the blood, so if he just takes enough iron supplements, he's going to be A-okay? The fact that she refuses to believe that even part of what happens to him is supernatural.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... She's like, "No, it's viral. It has to be. It has to be something I can fix." And it I just this I never buy. I would buy it if if in our mythology, they just drank blood. Right. But he is capable of hypnotizing people? He is capable of flight?
1: Right. how does flying work?
0: What virus can I get infected with that will allow me to fly? I would really like to know. And it is simply a biological process. What biological process, Natalie, is allowing him to defy fucking gravity and fly off at a whim?
1: Right. And on the blood replacement side, like, if she wants to make like a shake that he can drink instead of like naturally sourced blood, then start with like, okay, here's all of the molecular components of blood. Like here's what blood breaks down into. Let me chemically synthesize these and then put it in a shake and have Nick drink it and see if that Is nutritious for him
0: right and he she hasn't even found out or he hasn't told her yet that they don't just get nutrition from blood they actually see memories and can at least temporarily absorb skills that really doesn't feel like it's an entirely biological process right I have never eaten a steak so good I remember what it was like to be a cow (laughs) (laughs) and if i did i'd be really weirded out and i would imagine it was probably something extraordinary yes yeah so she's so focused on curing this like he got a bad case of the flu and it changed his dietary needs and she just has to figure out the dietary needs part and the flu will go away except he caught a flu That makes him burn in the sunlight, allows him to fly, makes him allergic to garlic, and religious symbols make him burst into flames. If I got COVID and all of a sudden walking into a church made me burst into flames, I would have a lot of questions, and none of them would be about (laughs) antibiotics. Okay? (laughs) I'm just saying. That's the part that I just never never jived. Because if you want to go that far, (laughs) we've been watching too many 70s movies. I just said jived conversationally. Um, if you want to go so far as to have somebody try to cure a vampire, then you need to give them a set of abilities that feel curable.
1: Right. Like if it's just enhanced strength and speed. Yeah.
0: You're strong, you're fast, you drink blood. And, and you
1: heal quickly. You
0: heal quickly and you might burst into flames in the sunlight.
1: Or at least like blister.
0: Yeah. You're sensitive to sunlight. All of those things feel like, okay, that's something maybe we can cure. Yes. That's what they do in the Blade universe. We find a cure for vampirism in the Blade universe. That's what Van- that's what Blade 3 is all about. The one with Ryan Reynolds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and Parker Posey. Uh, someday we'll do that on Strange and Beautiful Book Club, and I will give my treatise on how certain people with certain mouth shapes should never be vampires. <laughs>
1: Casting directors take note.
0: (laughs) Matt has heard this particular tirade before, but there's just a certain mouth shape that doesn't handle fangs well. And spoiler alert, Parker Posey's one of them. So, back to the actual episode. Natalie drops that. This body wasn't just roughed the fuck up. It was drained. Drained. She's like, (sighs) as in, three pints low. Harry was a thirsty boy, okay? And Nick's like, well, it could be a carouche. And Natalie's like, I'm sorry, whoop, what? A what? A karoosh. A lower form of vampire.
1: Feeds off vermin, mostly.
0: And he's like, oh, you know, I didn't tell you about that. A carouche, You know, uh, every once in a while you get a vampire that maybe isn't as cool as the rest of us. And they eat animals and shit. A
1: lower form of vampire.
0: Yeah. Which is probably why everybody gets mad at Nick when he drinks cow blood because he's acting up here like a carouche and he's slumming with the carouches. And even Nick is a little bit, um, mm, well, we'll get there. We'll get there because this is when the bus driver comes in and he's like, hey, um, I got a tip. I heard you guys are looking for a dog. That attacked somebody. while well, I had this blind lady and a dog on my bus, and this guy describing himself as the Doctor of Love was like harassing them.
1: A guy calling himself the Doctor of Love, who looked just like the guy who got killed.
0: Yeah, and they he was harassing that lady and her dog, and the dog was being like real sketch about it. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that they're the one that that's the dog. Is there a reward? Can I? Get I'm a reward? only here
1: in case there's a reward. Yeah, you know, for the dog.
0: For the dog. And meanwhile Nick has gone to talk to Screed. And Screed has all these rats on a clothesline.
1: <laughs> He's like <laughs> draining them into a jar.
0: Song. And Nick shows up. And Screed's like, "Oh, I didn't realize one of one of my kind was hanging around or whatever." And Nick's like, "I'm not one of your kind." Oof. So Is there's Nick definitely some There's definitely some uh, dietary discrimination. Based on what you eat, which is probably why Lacroix is like, stop eating cows. You're like them. You know, the caroush, the
1: the ones we haven't even talked about. The
0: ones we have for two seasons. Before. And then Screed goes off on a rant. And I'm not gonna lie and pretend I can understand everything Screed says because we do not have a subtitled copy of these episodes.
1: I think it's the dialogue is designed to be incomprehensible.
0: Yeah, it's rambly. It's long. Screed is selling the fact that he is different from Nick, I guess. I don't know how to describe this. He's supposed to seem pedestrian to Nick's more like clean cut.
1: Sophisticated.
0: Sophisticated, I guess. But he go, he's like, oh, have you turned any dogs lately? And Screed's like, "Ma, couldn't say. You know, sometimes you get hungry, then you get interrupted, and you don't quite lick your dish clean, and you know, things happen. And he's like, well, have you turned any dogs recently? And he's like, since the Cuban Missile Crisis?
1: <laughs> and
0: Nick ends up paying him. He gives him a $100 bill, and he's like, oh, yeah, there is another Karush around right now. He's a real badass motherfucker. He could have done it. I haven't but I'm, I'm not a fan of dogs. He's like, they're too bitey. They're too growly. Not a fan. Uh, more yeah. of a rat guy. And But that guy, you know, he likes dogs. And all I could hear was Brad Pitt from Snatch. He's like, you like dags? <laughs> 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 and this led me to the thought, if Screed does not completely drain a rat, are there vampire rats roaming about oh the subway?
1: And at the end of this episode, we find out that the vampire, the non-human vampires, can turn humans into vampires. <laughs> so... Is
0: there a vampire rat infestation? There must be
1: something, there must be some mechanism, well, okay, I, I use the word must here. Yeah. Um, but it is in the, the sense of, for the world to exist as it does... And this vampire mythology, to be true, there must be, to satisfy those two conditions, (laughs) there must be some mechanism in action that is (laughs) tamping down on the rates of vampire animals. Maybe
0: it's a level of like mental sophistication. Like if a rat doesn't know not to go out in the sunlight...
1: Hold on. Okay. How, how, I, have, I have a suggestion. Okay. We know, canon, that when you are getting turned into a vampire, you get the choice. Yeah. Maybe most animals never choose to go back to become a vampire. Ah. Uh. Because the, <laughs> the, the prospect of the afterlife is so much better. You know like, what I want. Because they're not as conscious, yeah. as self-conscious as humans. And, like, the the th- parts of consciousness that make you adaptive and intelligent are yeah. the same mechanisms that make you susceptible to, like, um, bullshitting and, like, getting caught yeah. up in things. fear of death. And if...
0: You have to be sophisticated enough to fear death.
1: Right, if... Or no, you're other animals are – if other animals' consciousnesses are less adaptive and intelligent than humans, they're not as susceptible to getting caught up in the, the hedonistic yeah. pleasures that are actually detrimental to your existence. So when they get to the afterlife and they think, oh, I could go back and be a vampire, it's like, nah, that, and it wasn't Great. I remember all of the bad things, and I can't delude myself about the prospect of being more powerful or whatever. Yeah,
0: maybe there's so. a there's probably a cognitive threshold.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, let's go with that because otherwise there'd be vampire mosquitoes it, even, in this mythology.
1: Ooh, well,
0: <laughs> immortal vampire mosquitoes.
1: mosquitoes. Okay, so that would mean. A vampire would have to drain a mosquito. (laughs)
0: No, sometimes they just have to have enough vampire blood. Because remember the ladies that were just getting injected with vampire blood and it was slowly turning them into vampires?
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe insect biology is different enough from human biology. Their blood's different.
0: You know what I want? just to derail us from this conversation a little bit because we're definitely spiraling here. I want a Rescuers Down Under meets Forever Night Kid Show where it's a bunch of little rat, like mice.
1: (laughs) Vampire mice.
0: And one of them is a vampire Uh, mouse.
1: Vampire mouse detective.
0: Vampire mouse detective who's seeking. Who's just trying to be a good guy and he's a little mouse detective.
1: And he has to have curly blonde hair.
0: Yeah, like the, like rescuers down under. So we can interact with a whole bunch of other species. And yeah, and nobody knows he's a vampire and he's trying to just live his life. But everybody he knows dies in like two years. So he has to move on every 30 days. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. That could be a really cute kids show, right? We could learn about um, redemption and. Trying to be a good person. I feel like there, you can work in a lot of good, you know, kid moral lessons because every child show must have a moral lesson. Of course. <laughs> so that's it. I think that's what let's, if we can't get Forever Night rebooted, maybe we should focus on a what would we call it?
1: Is there a pun on night and mouse like mm. rodent? Um, or do we keep the night in the name and make it a pun on something else? Well, we,
0: mm, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good thing. You know what? If you have an idea, tell me. I want to (laughs) know what would be a good title for a vampire detective, vampire mouse detective kids television show. I was trying to think of like Kojak the Night Stalker. Could I make a joke on that? Sorry, I was spiraling on all of the titles of weird 70s to 90s vampire slash supernatural at night shows. I'm going to think it through. I'm going to think it through.
1: Okay. I have one more thing about <laughs> okay. vampire mythology in this episode. Yeah. Uh, pertaining to animal vampires. Okay. So we know that for human vampires, if their first meal, their first meal of blood yeah. is not a human, then they will... Not like hunger for human blood. It's like any other blood is great. Yeah, But humans, eh, I don't really like it. So just from the one sample of one species sample of humans, does that is the mechanism like if I, if my first meal is the blood of my own species, then that like, codes me to hunger for the blood of my own species. Yeah. And other species' blood is ew. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: So then when a dog gets turned into a vampire, if their first meal of blood is not a dog, then eh, any other blood is great. I don't really hunger after the blood of dogs. So it's kind of like a cannibalism thing. Yeah. So if we had left Perry, the dog, to his own devices, like the, the natural like vampiric hunger would be for the blood of your own species. Yeah. But then if you subvert that by drinking blood from another species. Is he the
0: dog version of a carouche?
1: Is he the dog version of a carouche Because now he he can literally drink any blood that's not a dog. Because otherwise, it would be problematic <laughs> because then Maybe his everywhere first meal he goes- was a squirrel. Well, his first meal was the rapist guy.
0: Well, that that's the only one we saw, but he was off-leash. He got turned into that's a vampire. Tr- if it happened well, immediately, he could have run off and gotten a squirrel.
1: He, yes, he. I guess he could have run off and gotten a squirrel before he went back to Jody that first night. Yeah. But,
0: because he goes a long time without eating,
1: he does mm-hmm hmm,
0: so he had to have gotten something in the middle. oh, there.
1: but historically, the vampire transformation takes a while,
0: yeah, but they're dead for the for the duration of the transformation. once they wake up, they're a vampire,
1: except for uh Richard, Natalie's brother,
0: yeah. Well, he was
1: alive for a while.
0: He was really, really injured. It took a while for his body to repair.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it took him be, a long time to be, make the
0: choice.
1: But you're only making the choice, like, while you're in that time, period of time where you're dead. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I guess, and But we don't see vampire eyes until, vampire dog eyes. Yeah. Until later. So. In my head, what happened is- Are you trying to is, make
0: it consistent? Are you trying to make Forever Night consistent right now? I can do it. Okay. This is a, a <laughs> the labor The rules will get outrageous. This is a labor but... of Hercules. I'm here to see how you handle this.
1: <laughs> or maybe this is like in the Dresden Files. Uh-huh. When Bob and Harry are talking about magical theory, whatever, Bob mentions something like, Oh, I have to I'm going to need some time to figure out what's going on because the laws of magic change over time. Yeah. So that the the mechanisms of how magic physics works are different if there's a long enough time difference. And so maybe in this case the rules of vampire mythology shift over time;
0: mm-hmm.
1: they evolve over time.
0: It could also be person-specific.
1: Yeah, yeah, there could be a lot of subjectivity to the to the application of the yeah the vampire mechanisms. Okay. I th-
0: <laughs> Do you feel better now? Oh yeah, I got. I okay, got, good.
1: I think we we put a lot down there.
0: Yeah, we did. We put a lot on the table just now, but we're back to screed. And the one thing I like about Screed, I like a lot of things about Screed, he's such an interesting character for them to add. And I just love that somebody was like, what about a Cockney dude that just lives in the sewers of Toronto? And they were like, yeah, fucking yeah. Genius. Genius. So he Get this man a promotion. (laughs) He has all this rambly dialogue, which is for the most part unintelligible, but it does allow uh, the writers probably to sneak in, or maybe this actor, I don't know, to sneak in a lot of insults to Nick? Like self rem- meta insults? Because at one point, while he's rambling, he calls him Defective Knight. Yes. And then he calls him Dickie Nick.
1: <laughs> Which, I heard that and I thought, okay, that could, that that's kind of catchy.
0: Yeah. It's good. You At first glance, you're like, oh god, this is like nails on a chalkboard. And then if you actually listen to what he's saying, he's like, okay. He's pretty funny. He's actually a intelligently written character with
1: he's a witty unintelligible dialogue <laughs> yes
0: yeah uh, but he promises to kill the dog he's like I'll I'll hack off its cabiza its head. Besa. or i'll stake it or whatever he's like don't worry i'll find it i'll take care of it which he absolutely does not because we don't even ever see him again he must just take this money and bail,
1: do anything <laughs> well nick ends up running into the dog first
0: yeah i guess because he goes to dispatch to see jody uh they go to dispatch tracy and nick because tracy's like i think i have a really good idea who the dog is because i know this lady who's in dispatch and I just talked to this bus driver and the facts all match. I'm pretty sure it's Jody. Let's go talk to her. And as soon as they walk into the room, Nick senses another vampire. So he's like looking around trying to find the other vampire. And so he's making uncomfortable eye contact with everybody. So this tall blonde dude just stalks into the room and starts staring everybody down.
1: Yeah, like weird.
0: Yeah, weirdly. And Tracy walks around. She's like, Jody, oh my god, hi. And Jody's like, Oh, Tracy, that's weird. You haven't responded to my texts in like two years. I really wasn't expecting to see you here today. And Tracy's like, Oh yeah, sorry. But Jody is actually quite um, diplomatic about it. She's better about it than I would be because she's like, Oh Nick, uh, this is my friend Jody. And Jody's like, Yeah, Tracy and I were sorority sisters. We were best friends for life once. A long time ago. Not anymore. Just kidding. And uh, Tracy tells Nick that Jody used to be a helicopter pilot. And Jody's like, yeah, they grounded me. You know, I guess being blind disqualified me from being a helicopter pilot. Weirdest thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally reasonable.
0: Uh, But Tracy's dad got me this job. So at least I still get to talk to the people who are flying the helicopters. Womp womp. And then uh, Perry comes around because she's like, oh, this is my dog, Perry. Perry, say hi to everybody. And Nick and Perry vibe. uh,
1: So we keep, (laughs) when Nick walks into the room, we keep like focusing on Nick intently.
0: In the background, like something's happening. We get the weird rushing sound that happens when Nick is sensing something.
1: Yeah. So we keep focusing on Nick's face and then we focus on this police officer. But we're not resolving the the like... The tension like yeah you know, the visual like musical chord yeah we we get the start of it from nick and then no response start of it from nick no response and then we get the start of it from nick eye contact with the dog and the duck do- like the sound goes away and we like zoom in and the color saturation is slightly different yeah because he's using his vampire senses right and he's like oh
0: well don't that's he, the vampire doesn't he flash his red eyes at nick Because you were like, "Oh, they just did CG red on the dog's eyes." Because you were trying, you asked me if they put actual contacts in the dog's eyes, and I said, "No, (laughs) thank God." (laughs) At least we drew the line. I'm pretty sure
1: they had like an animal cruelty consultant. Uh,
0: They must have, because we couldn't even put the dog up on like a ten foot wall. Yeah. Uh, but Nick and Perry vibe for a minute, and Nick's like, "Oh shit, I found the vampire!" My hunch dog. was right. So he leans over and he like searches in his fur, and he finds these two vampire bite, this like two <laughs> puncture marks in in <laughs> Perry's fur, and he's like, oh, "No, he really did get bit by a vampire." <laughs> then we go to the flashback because Nick is just out in the woods living his life, he's got a dog, life is good, and LaCroix must dist- must burn it all to the ground. <laughs> so LaCroix shows up and he's like, Nicholas, I don't like to see you living out here like this. It's freaking me out. You need to come into town. And Nick's like, I really like the challenge of living off the land. I'm really enjoying being out here. I like the solitude, LaCroix.
1: Take the hint.
0: Take the fucking hint. And LaCroix's like, does the dog love you? Do you think the dog loves you? The dog doesn't love you. It's a pack animal. It's bonded to you like you're part of its pack. It's just instinct. It doesn't actually love you. So canonically. It would
1: would, bond with any master.
0: So canonically, LaCroix's a cat person.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: because he's like, fuck that dog. It doesn't actually love you. It's just a facsimile of love. And Nick goes, he's my friend, which is his first mistake because Lacroix was like, whoop, 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 whoop. Oh. <laughs> weakness alert, weakness alert. <laughs> and he says, dogs are for breakfast and then only in the hardest of times. <laughs> God, Laquois. couldn't fucking leave him his dog. You can't nope. let the man have his dog. Is it a compulsion? Because if you want Nick to like you, you've got to consent. You've got to con- give a little bit of concession here. Let him have a dog. He's going to have the dog for what? Ten years. An eye blink. Right. Can you leave it be? Plus, the dog is eating raw meat from animals, and there's no deworming. This dog isn't even going to be around for 10 years. Calm the (laughs) fuck down. (laughs) But we come back, and Nick is like, can I give you a ride home, Jody?" And Jody's like, well, yeah, that'd be really nice, Nick. Thanks. You sound hot. (laughs) And so then they are getting out of his car, and he's walking her up to her door. And he goes, multiple sclerosis caused your blindness. And Gerwin Davies struggles with the word sclerosis. In fact, I rewound it three times. And I think it's because he purrs his R's.
1: Right, he does the trill on his R's.
0: All of his R's have this slight vibrato. He kind of purrs on the R. It must be like a Shakespearean trained thing where you, to project your R, you elevate it with
1: this and enunciate sound. it.
0: So he's trying to say multiple sclerosis and per his R, and it comes out like multiple sclerosis. It just doesn't really quite get it out. Um, but it, he she kind of explains, yeah, it's my blindness. You know, MS manifests differently for everybody. For some people, it just attacks this. Other people, attacks that. Mine's, you know, uh, rapid and degenerative, and it may be blind.
1: And progressive. Yeah. Which means it's just going to keep getting worse.
0: Yeah. And I don't really go into remission, you know, a whole lot of stuff. And Nick is like, oh, that's that's really hard. But probably the hardest part is losing your friends, isn't it? (laughs) And Jody's like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, It's hard to be around me. I make them feel their own mortality. I make them realize that this could be them, too. But luckily I've got Perry. Perry is all I have. Perry keeps me going. Perry is my boyfriend. Perry is the only thing in this world that I love. I would die for Perry. Perry is the best. And Nick is like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and she invites him in for coffee. She's like, you want to come in? You can have some coffee. And he like looks over and the sun is rising behind Toronto. And he's like, I can't. Uh, you know what? Rain check. How about I pick you up tomorrow? And I'll take yeah, you and
1: in. I thought He... He deflects this pretty yeah. well. He's like, we both work the night shift. It's it's the end of our, our yeah. day. It's the end of our waking period. We need sleep and coffee. Like caffeine would be detrimental to that. Yeah. So how about tomorrow?
0: I'll pick you up. Yeah. And I'll bring Perry some food, something special just for him. And she's like, oh, you're so sweet. And she gives him a peck on the cheek. And for once he resists the urge to just. <laughs> like this her,
1: this is why she survives. Because she does not become the love interest.
0: Ah, of Nick.
1: Right, right. I was. Yeah. I've been saving that. Oh, okay. <laughs> as my analysis of no, this episode, why I won't she ruin survives. It for
0: you. Yeah. So, so Nat, uh, Natalie, and Nick are talking on the phone after this because he apparently called Natalie to get the tea on Jody, and Natalie called Jody's doctor
1: and got and talk, all of the and details. Got
0: all of the details about Jody's. MS? Uh, maybe they don't
1: have HIPAA in Canada.
0: Uh, or HIPAA works differently. Yeah. Maybe another because practitioner she's a doctor. can call. And so then Natalie immediately breaks confidence by calling Nick and being like, yep, she's got MS. It's attacking her brainstem. She has very few remissions, or at least they're very few and in, in far in, in between. And yeah, shit's not looking great. And Nick's like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah, great, thanks. He's like, is it, is it fatal? And she's like, well... Kind of depends on the MS.
1: But Jody's MS, yeah.
0: Yeah, but yeah. Oh, yeah. She yep. will die. Yep. And then we come back and they're talking about the dog. And is it Nick who says that? Oh, Natalie says the dog's a problem. She's like, the dog's a problem, Nick. The oh, dog's Nick a says. Problem. And he goes, yeah, yeah the dog's a problem, problem, but it's
1: my problem. He
0: goes, like it or not, it's my problem. I'm going to get this fixed because. Who else is going to take care of the vampire dog he could have i don't know because tracy knows about vampires but maybe that's too deep
1: but nick doesn't uh, tracy doesn't know that nick is a vampire yeah it's a tangled tracy web. doesn't know the dog is a vampire it's a tangled web yeah
0: yeah and so we go back to the flashback because nick is remembering when this has happened to him before and he's calling for raleigh but the dog doesn't come because LaCroix has him on a leash. <laughs> you think LaCroix has something better to do. Do you not have anything better to do? Because he takes him over to a bush and he's like, Karouche. Karouche. I'm out. I'm pretty sure if you just walk up to a bush and go,
1: <laughs> <laughs> They all live in the woods because that's go, where the animals are.
0: And they growl and start shaking the bush because that's what happens. We don't see the other Karouche ever. The cruise just starts growling they, and the bush starts they shaking. they didn't
1: want to do one more vampire makeup.
0: I don't know. Because LaCroix is like, here, I brought you a special treat, but could you do me a solid? Kill it, but don't kill it all Leave the way. Leave some life in it. Leave some life. Bring it back uh, so that I can have some fun with it. I am not going to lower myself to turn this dog into a vampire, but you turn this dog into a vampire and I shall use it to fuck with Nicholas. And the crush is like, okay, that's fine. I guess we don't know. It doesn't converse. It doesn't pop out. It literally just shakes the bush. It's like summoning the Fae. Every bush has a (laughs) a caroush. You just have to know how to call it out. And apparently the quad does. And so we go back to the present and Nick is going through his Box of things from that time he lived in the woods in the Baskervilles, but didn't have a British accent. Okay. And he pulls out his machete. Where does he store all this stuff? Does he have a storage unit? Because he ha- he lives in one big open room that has only one bedroom and one bathroom.
1: There is a closet.
0: It must be a big fucking closet.
1: It's not. <laughs> we, we see it. There's like the, the balcony and a bridge thing. Yeah. And then at the far end, there's like a room on the first floor underneath the balcony. Oh, yeah. And that's the closet. I think we we saw it at the beginning of season two. Because it has louvered doors. Yeah. And it had like pictures leaned up against it.
0: Yeah. It's got louvered doors because it's right next to the kitchen. Yeah. Anyway, he pulls his machete out because apparently he kept his machete from that time.
1: Maybe he has a different room in this building. Like maybe the, He
0: could own the whole warehouse.
1: He could. And maybe the next floor down is storage.
0: Yeah. He just lives in part of it and the rest of it is just his shit. Because <laughs> he's a vampire hoarder. Because he kept this machete. And it always reminds me of, there's a really good movie. And maybe someday we'll cover it on Strange and Beautiful Book Club. But it's called The Man from Earth. And it's a... Mm elevator movie where we just have a cast and they're in a room and they're having a discussion about what it would actually be like to meet somebody who in this case is 10,000 years old. Right. So the main character is just, he's a from the Neolithic period. Yeah. He's like pre-metal the, technology. This
1: dialogue is the entire movie. And
0: the dialogue's but. the entire. And so they ask him, do you have anything yeah. from that time? Like, what, what do you have? Did you keep stuff? And he picks up a Sharpie and he's like, would you keep it? Would you store this and save it? Right. This is just a mundane tool. It's just a tool of your
1: time period. Yeah. You throw it away when you're done with it.
0: Yeah. He's like, no, I didn't keep it. Why would I have kept it? It would have been as meaningless to me as this Sharpie. And I always remind, it reminds me of that when we have these characters that have stored all of this stuff. It's just a machete. Is it a special machete? Was it gifted by somebody? Is it engraved? It's probably engraved. Everything he owns is engraved. So then we cut to him giving the dog blood. He's got a little flask and he's pouring blood into this dog bowl for for Perry. And he puts the dog bowl on the ground and Perry's like, oh, thank you. So she walks in, Jody walks in, and she hears the dog eating and she's like, oh, good luck. He's super picky. And then she hears you have him the eating magic and touch. she's like, oh, you have the magic touch. And he's like, I just knew what he wanted. Yep. Sure. And then we cut to Tracy, and Tracy's trying to make amends, I guess, because she's got this dog bone, and she's putting a bow on it. But I don't know if this is for her, for Jody, or if it's for her nephew, because Nick asks if she got the whole Sharp Pay thing sorted, and she's like, yeah, I talked him into a dog from the pound. It doesn't have a tail, so it had a discount.
1: Hi.
0: Hey. Took some coaxing, but I talked him into a mutt
1: from the pound. No tail. Big discount. Congratulations. Now do you feel better? <laughs> Okay, and maybe police officers don't make enough money. I don't know if this is a commentary on hey, her just not wanting to spend the money. Or- I
0: support this mini plug of don't buy purebred dogs, adopt, never shop. Absolutely. So, hey, adopt, never shop. Thanks, Tracy. Excellent choice to talk them into that. Yep. Uh, but Nick Nick gives a little mini pep talk to Tracy here. He's like, you know, I have I have friends like you where I haven't talked to them in a hundred a, a really long time people drift apart go their own way
1: well, it doesn't have to be that way I've had friends I haven't seen in a hundred in years and uh, you know sometimes you can pick up where you left off
0: <laughs> he almost slips up it must yeah. be hard because she knows so he's right on that bitter edge of being able to be himself with her but right. at the same time he can't because she doesn't know he specifically is a vampire and he's trying to protect her by not telling her.
1: Right. The knowledge is only one way. He knows that she knows but about vampires. Yeah. But she doesn't know that he knows about vampires. So
0: he's just so close to being able to live his life as who he is, but also get to do what he wants. Yeah. And yet he can't. And so he almost says, I've had friends I haven't talked to for a hundred years, but he backs up and he's like, for a long time. Um, but you know you can still pick up where you left off. There's no shame in going and talking to her and doing reestablishing her. Doing anything is better than doing nothing. And she's like, "I just don't know. I don't know what to do. Like I don't know how to talk to her." And he's like, "Go and tell her that."
1: Yeah. That what you're telling me right now is yeah. what you should be telling her. He's
0: like, "My advice is just to try." That's good advice actually. Yeah. Just yeah. go and try to be with them. Yeah. They are she's still Jody. She's just Jody with a little bit of extra spice. Just go talk to Jody, okay? And this is when we cut to Jody cuz Jody's in the dispatch room again and this guy trips and spills his hot coffee all over her and Perry flips his shit because we've already kind of skirted up with Jody about like if it's Perry You won't get to keep him. He literally brutally murdered somebody. And she's like, but he's such a nice dog. He's my best friend. And they're like, well, we're not going to do anything until we have proof that it's Perry. Because right now it's all circumstantial.
1: Perry's behaving himself.
0: Yeah, because Perry's behaving himself. But then Perry flips his shit and attacks this guy. And we cut kind of forward in the future a little bit. And they're patching this guy up. And Perry's looking really contrite, sitting next to Jody. And Nick is like, ah, Perry, you done fucked up. Because he's standing right there. And then we go back to the flashback, and Nick is following this trail of bodies. And he encounters this gentleman, this British gentleman, who's looking for a beast. Who's been roaming around this area. People say it's like a hellhound, because it's killed people in the village, it's killed people here. And he's like, good to meet you, sir. I'm Sir Arthur Conan Doyle.
1: Oh, good God! That'd be number four, then.
0: I suppose you've come about the reward. Constables put up a fancy sum for whomever brings the beast in. You're not a local, are you? No. And not
1: necessarily in for the gold, either. I've come down from south and on sea. Can't resist the pull of a ripping good mystery. The name's Doyle. Arthur Conan Doyle. And you? You best be on your way back, Mr. Doyle.
0: Of course he is. Of course.
1: So Nick Knight uh, is the, I guess, Nicholas de Brabant is the inspiration for the Hounds of Baskerville.
0: And Raleigh, the dog.
1: And Raleigh, the dog. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Raleigh, the dog, and Nick are why Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote the Hounds of the Baskervilles. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle says he can't resist a ripping good mystery. Sure. Sure. (laughs) And Nick is trying to explain to Jody that Perry is sick. And he tells, him, tells her that he's not the same Perry he used to be. That's real rich, Nick. Are you not the same Nick you used to be? You don't think this dog should have the shot at, <laughs> at
1: redemption?
0: <laughs> oh, okay. You get to try to redeem yourself, but not Perry. You also get to make mistakes and murder like 17 people in the first season, but Perry can't even bite one guy. Okay, fine. Uh, but he does tell her, "I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it personally. like I'll, I'll be the one who takes who takes Perry. Right. And so he tries to get Perry he like leans over and he's like, "Come on, Perry, get up." And Perry's like, "Fuck you and I'm not going to get up." And then they make Jody help them.
1: This is cruel. Uh,
0: I mean what? We do have a mini flashback in the middle here where LaCroix comes and he's goading Nick because Nick is sharpening a stake to kill his own dog because Mm -hmm. LaCroix couldn't fucking leave him alone and he had to turn his dog into a vampire just to just to fuck with him. This feels like a holdover from season two LaCroix and I'm just not here for it. Uh, If we had just had this dog get accidentally turned into a vampire, I would like this flashback a lot better more but having lacroix just show up to be to literally be jealous of this dog's friendship with with nick feels very like seriously i really feel like this would be beneath lacroix he'd be like have the dog it's fine whatever
1: yeah especially the more refined lacroix
0: yeah that that we're we're moving towards it feels like a throwback uh, but Nick does toss the stake at him because LaCroix just won't shut up. So he turns around and like javelins the stake at him and it goes right by LaCroix's head. And he goes, well, you'll have to be a better shot than that if you want to kill the dog. Like, You're never going to kill me. I'm not even worried. Although he did do it once. But not but yet. He thought. Yeah. So he's out hunting the dog and he hears someone getting attacked and he runs to where they're getting attacked and it's Sir Arthur Conan Doyle again. And so he... Like breaks up the fight and then he grabs Sir Arthur oh well, it's just Arthur Conan Doyle right now, I guess. He just grabs Arthur and he's like, Never come back to the Baskervilles. Bum bum bum. And,
1: and then he tells Raleigh to sit. And he's and like, he Raleigh,
0: sit. And so the dog sits, like, well, okay, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do next? Hi Dad. Hey buddy, hey buddy. But this is when they make her tell him off. They make her like
1: Yell at him. At first I thought they
0: were going to make her escort the dog. That's
1: what I thought too.
0: And then she's just like, dog, I hate you. You're not a good dog, Perry. I I renounce our friendship. You need to leave. And Perry's like, oh, I was just trying to make you
1: feel better. I'm just protecting you.
0: I'm so sorry. And so this is when Nick leads him off and he leans over and puts a leash on Perry. And Matt was like, oh, God, I thought that was going to be handcuffs. (laughs) I mean, this dog just, it brutally murdered somebody, and then it attacked a police officer in the precinct, and they just let Nick put a leash on it and walk it out the front door. (laughs) No muzzle, no animal control.
1: There are so many situations where, like, normal protocol would be completely different. Yeah. But then Nick is just like, no, I'm going to take care of it. I got it. And headcanon is Nick is just like hypnoing everybody.
0: Yeah. At some point he hypnotized everybody to be like, if I just tell you I'm going to take care of it, that's a code word. Yeah. And you will allow me to do whatever I want to after I say those words. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it feels like. There's absolutely no way.
1: Animal control should be showing up with a muzzle.
0: Yeah. They would have cleared the room. Mm
1: Mm-hmm
0: and then animal control shows up contains the And they would the have the
1: like control collar like on a Yeah. on a pole. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of things that would have happened here that are not happening here. This dog legit almost ate a dude. Like murdered him.
1: Drank a dude.
0: Yeah. And then attacked this guy anyway. It doesn't Which apparently
1: he didn't like drink this guy because
0: doesn't turn we, into a vampire?
1: We don't address <clears throat> this guy turning into a vampire.
0: Correct.
1: So, he just like wounded the guy to warn him off. Yeah. Because he thought this guy was attacking Jody, yeah. but Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Uh, it does give Tracy and Jody a chance to make up cuz Tracy takes Jody home. And she makes her tea with a uh, dollop of scotch in it.
1: <laughs> and there's the conversation that Nick Told yeah, her to she's have like, look,
0: I'm so Jody. sorry. You know, it just scared me to see you like that, and I handled it poorly, and I'm really sorry. And that's exactly what she should be saying. I'm so glad that she's honest about why she ghosted her, and they don't make it into a joke. I mean, this episode does a lot of things really badly, but that's that's a good lesson. You know, just being honest about like why she wasn't around and why she um let their friendship lapse when she should have been trying to make it stronger and she should have been yeah. there for her and she's sorry and Jody's like I know I get it like I understand why and it's not great but like I get why you did it um when you look at me you see something dying and that's hard to look at and like fair all fair And then she takes a sip of her tea, and she's like, whoa, you never did know how to mix a drink. She goes, lesson number one, scotch only mixes with water and only in an emergency. And Tracy's like, how about I pick you up tomorrow and we can go get some breakfast? And Jody's like, I would really like that. I would really like to spend some time with you. And then we cut to Nick, and Nick has this dog in like a park, and he's got his machete, and he's sharpening a steak. Out in the field or wherever they are. (laughs) Right, and he's
1: got this heavy chain. Yeah,
0: he's got Perry heavily chained to this tree. And uh, he's got this giant... He's got a sword. It's not even just a machete. It's a huge-ass machete.
1: Right.
0: I feel like beheading a dog, as brutal as that sounds, is the lower-hanging fruit of how to dispatch a vampire dog. Because otherwise you have to kind of... How do you find a dog's heart? It's like a, it would be so much easier to just take the machete and be done with it. But he's, you know, belaboring it. Maybe he's taking the long way around because he don't want to do it. Yeah. So he's taking time to
1: sharpen He's procrastinating. Steak.
0: And we go to the flashback of when he had to do this to his dog, to Raleigh. And of all the low down dirty bullshit that LaCroix has ever done to Nick, making Nick kill his own dog is really far up the list. Yeah. It's so far up the list. Right up there with tracking down and turning a little boy into a vampire just to teach Laqu- just to teach Nick a lesson and yeah. give Jeanette a gift all wrapped into one. <laughs> um, because we see him take the stake and then we see the dog and then we hear like a wh- whimpering sound and then the chain goes slack.
1: I'm sorry, my friend. Yeah,
0: implying that Nick had to kill his own dog and did and did. That's some bullshit. That's that's low, even for LaCroix. I mean, I get breaking him up. You know, maybe just take the dog and get it adopted somewhere else. Don't. I don't know. That's just the quibble. Because we right, come Because you could
1: just steal the dog.
0: Yeah, he did steal the dog. He and stole drop the it dog off and he gave it to a bush. And then he brought it back, and it was a vampire, and then he let it wreak havoc, and then he made, he made Nick have to do it. It's just, I don't know. That's yeah. some bullshit. But then Nick is still standing there remembering this because he's about to have to do it again, and it's sad, and it's horrible, and it's probably right up there with like the worst things that he's ever had to do. Clearly, it burned itself into his memory because this brought it all back for him. But I have to think about the chain of custody for the dog at this point because he walked out with the dog, and then right, this is another part of the the like
1: animal control procedure. Yeah, there'd be a muzzle, and there'd be a chain of custody.
0: Yeah, but we don't have to contemplate that for very long because Perry escapes. He breaks the chain, and he flies off, (laughs) and he and Nick get to chase each other across town, and just the visual. If you just imagine the dog, however you like, want the dog- Like, fully
1: stretched out. However it, you
0: want the dog to be Full flight flying, position. Full flight position. Just whooshing off, and then Nick, after him, <laughs> over the top. Of the buildings of Toronto. Uh, And then sometimes on the ground, too, where we get the little dog. Between the trees. The vampire speed dog point of view camera, where it's rushing through the grass. Which
1: really needed like a snout fixed to the bottom of the camera. Yeah, like the
0: Beggin' Strips commercials, where it's like, (laughs) you just hear the sniffing (laughs) sound. But he ends up like subduing Nick and flying off. And the dog goes straight to Jody and comes in the house. And Jody's like, Perry, have you come back to me? And Perry is just growling and she's just like oh my god perry i'm so happy to see you come here perry come here and then she's like but i can't keep you perry you know that i have to send you back and so she's getting ready to make a phone call and this is when and Nick lunges nick like whooshes over the fence we see him like land over the fence and he hears jody scream and he gets in the house just in time To see Perry sitting next to Jody, prone on the couch with two little holes.
1: (laughs) Which (laughs) it's, I think this is some of the best vampire bite makeup that we've ever seen.
0: Right. For a human.
1: For a human bite pattern. Yeah. But for a dog vampire bite pattern, it wouldn't look like this. Like, you you really tried. Yeah. Somebody really tried. Anyway, Nick walks in the room, and then Jody sits up, and she's full vamped out. Yeah. Wow. The fastest vampire transformation, <laughs> like, ever.
0: The best part, the best part of this scene is she goes, good boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, because uh, as she's sitting up, and Nick is walking into the room. <laughs> yeah, her vision goes from like vampire vision, <laughs> night vision. Yeah, and fades into like normal. Yeah, so she can uh, see spectrum. again
0: because the it dog fixed cured her, her, blindness. her MS. The dog cured her MS. Good
1: boy. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs>
0: I really, 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 I I need to work on some more merchandise. I don't know. If you guys are looking for a Christmas gift, did you know we have merchandise? We have merchandise. If you go to strangeandbeautiful.club, there's a link to it. But I really want to make a vampire dog 5K, like MS1, and then have an actual organized event where you can do a remote 5K.
1: Yeah, have a vampire dog 5K.
0: Yeah, and actually donate. support of
1: MS. (laughs) Just
0: donate money to some MS, just to like. The same reason I felt like we should donate to some charities for the last episode. Same for this one. (laughs) Just to kind of like, I am so sorry I watched that and enjoyed it. To
1: soothe our conscience. Yes.
0: I think it'd be really cute. Maybe I'll get the same lady who did the hunk in the trunk and get like a little kawaii vampire dog. (laughs) Vampire dog. (laughs) Um, And then we come back to the precinct because we're doing like a little bit of a wrap up. And Tracy's like, oh, I can't believe she's gone, because Jody called in, quit without any notice.
1: They were supposed to go for breakfast.
0: Yeah. And she just disappeared. And she's kind of like you, Tracy. <laughs> and she said she's going to visit some family in another part of Canada, and she's never coming back. And Reese is like, well, I guess it's because it was hard to lose her dog. And we did lose her dog, right? Nick, you took him to animal control. And Nick's like, Yup.
1: I sure, I totally did totally
0: took him to animal control, and Natalie gives him a look and he goes, What? I did. It's because he's
1: smiling the whole time because what? And I Natalie did. knows that look. Oh my
0: god, Natalie smells his bullshit. Her bullshit radar for him must be so finely tuned because she knows immediately when he's lying, and he is lying his ass off, which means he didn't tell her that. Perry turned Jody into a vampire and they flew off into the night together. <sighs> because then we go and see Jody and Perry and they're standing on this hill overlooking the city. And they're both in vampire mode. Perry's eyes are glowing red. And Jodi's eyes are green and she has fangs. And they like look at each other and then she flies off. And Perry follows where she's gone and then he flies off too. And so they... Fly off together, and I imagine it's like the scene in Wall-E when Eve and Wall-E are dancing outside the.
1: Oh yeah, the, <laughs> spiraling they're around spiraling each other. Spiraling around each other, dancing in space.
0: Yeah. Oh my god! So there, Matt. You survived both the Native American mysticism and Vampire Dog back to back.
1: All right, we
0: did it. I just, I don't know. You know, I know the '90s is a wild time. I know. They didn't get the kind of money for writing. You know, we weren't actually paying writers, so there was no incentive to be like the best. And we didn't get a lot of money for production. And there wasn't the expectation of quality for television that there is now, but I have to imagine that even then, you would have sat through this. Remember our scenario from the very beginning. You're that guy that hasn't seen any any forever night, you're watching it for the first time. You just sat through this episode and you're probably sitting there going, What the actual fuck? Oh yeah. You know, I remember feeling like, oh damn, that was a bad episode and now I have to wait a whole week to see if the next episode's better. Every time one of these popped up, it always felt like oh, I waited all week for What a that. waste. I waited all week for that. It's not a bad episode. It's an unintentionally funny episode. Yeah. Even Vashon couldn't be bothered to be a part of this. Maybe he's never owned a dog. He seems like a cat person, too. But that makes sense why LaCroix is willing to keep... Oh, oh, oh. Something just occurred to me. LaCroix treats Nick like a cat owner treats a cat. Like, oh, you've attacked me and scratched me? I still love you, my little fluffy buddy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> or LaCroix wants Nick to, like, be his pet dog.
0: No, no, <laughs> to, like, no, no. Treat
1: him the way a dog would treat.
0: No, no, he treats him like owner. a cat. Because, you know, like, when your cat's been hiding for six hours and you're like, mm-hmm. where did a kitty go? And then you go to oh, find you him. Ju-
1: you just check in once in a while. And
0: then as soon as you find <laughs> it, like, under the bed, just enjoying its life, you drag it out and carry it around. <laughs> and snuggle it. And snuggle it, even though it's like, put me down. <laughs> think about uh, what the... do they call it
1: corporal cuddling
0: corporal cuddling yeah think about the bullshit that cat owners will put up with from cats right you That's... find
1: your cat and then you just fuck with your cat
0: yeah every time nick yawns Laquois which, sticks his which finger is how in his cats
1: p- treat other cats yeah they, oh hey there you are i'm just gonna fuck with you for Laquois, a minute and then go on
0: laqua is speaking cat language to nick but nick is not he's a golden
1: retriever so nick, they're not talking nick is a the dog same language personality yeah Yeah, that's... Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh. That makes so much sense now. And Jeanette and LaCroix are both cats. Yep. So they get it. They can lay on the bed together and pretend neither one exists, but that's love. Well, Nick is bounding around... They're not
1: speaking each other's love languages.
0: They aren't. And they're not even capable of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, that makes so much sense. Because you think how cats relate... They can just exist in the same space. That's just,
1: just good enough. The act of existing in the same space, pretending you don't exist, is, is an expression of trust and comfort. Right. But Nick needs like words of affirmation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> quality time. Yeah. Or not quality time. He needs
1: And LaCroix needs acts of service.
0: Yeah, LaCroix does need acts of service. He needs acts of service and um, gifts. Yep. Yeah. Maybe they just need to read that book together. Go to some couples therapy. Mm-hmm. That would make a lot of sense. Now, do you think that Nick is perceiving your actions as love, or do you think he's perceiving them as attempting to control him again, LaCroix? And then Lacroix eats the therapist and that's the end, <laughs> that's the end of the session.
1: Ooh, this would be a really good a really good plot in the vampire therapist ah, idea.
0: Yes. That would be really good. Throw that in there. And then Lacroix wouldn't but it's Nick keeping LaCroix from eating the therapist the entire time. No, 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 no. We just wipe their memory at the end. Oh, can I eat them this time? It's not like they'll know. Mm -hmm. And then you bring Jeanette, and Jeanette just sits there. Or Jeanette, I imagine Jeanette goes to therapy. That'd be really funny, Jeanette in therapy. And then there was this one time my dad and my brother were fighting for 150 years, and neither one of them ever called or sent me a letter or anything because they were so fucking involved with each other. They just forgot I existed for a century. You think Jeanette's fine, but really, she's probably the most deeply traumatized of all of them. She's had to watch LaCroix and Nick do this dance for 800 years. Right. And she was the golden child for all of 200 years.
1: Yeah. I like, there's a, someone made a webcomic where uh, Chris Griffin from um, Family Guy Guy and Bart Simpson from The Simpsons are in couples therapy (laughs) and Bobby Hill from. Um, King of the Hill. King of the Hill is the therapist. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like this huge commentary on just their personality types. Yeah. Mm. You'd have that with, like, Nick and LaCroix.
0: Yep. That'd be good. Well, we survived. And then it's, um, I want to say it's all up from here, but it's a roller coaster as usual. I
1: I have uh, something I want to ask about what we think jody's life is like now because they just go off yeah is does jody become a a quote real vampire mm. or does she become a karoosh
0: i don't know nick didn't have very much time with her
1: well he would have had the whole evening
0: did he give her a bottle of cow blood because then she'd be did, a did
1: he give her like the whole rundown oh Welcome to vampire orientation. You are now a vampire. You cannot eat food or sets drink. Up, sets up
0: an overhead projector.
1: Fetch my visa <laughs> visa.
0: Um, you can
1: drink wine mixed with blood. Yeah, or straight blood.
0: It would be really funny it. is if the dog was the dog vampire version of a carouche and so it only ate people. And then Jody was well, the vampire version of a, a human vampire version of a carouche, and so she only ate animals. And so the dog ate people, and Jody ate animals.
1: This is why I mentioned the species-specific nature of yeah. the carouche. If Jodi is a caroush, it means she can eat anything that's not a human.
0: I mean, Screed can if, eat people. It's just not his preferred. Right, right. It, yeah. I guess
1: that's not what you hunger for. Yeah. Right? You hunger for blood that is not human. And so if Perry is a carouche, that means he hungers for blood that is not a dog. Yeah. it. They could both eat cow Or blood. squirrels. Or squirrels or rats or whatever. So them both being a carouche really gives them a huge overlap in blood supply. Yeah. So then Perry doesn't need to go for non dog blood, meaning human blood. He can go for non-dog blood equal cow blood. But then Jody can also go for cow blood.
0: Yeah. Can she see when she doesn't have the vampire eyes?
1: That's a good question. Because
0: both times we see her seeing, it's because she's got the vampires.
1: It would be a good cover for her because they're both already used to living uh, according to their roles where the Perry is the seeing eye dog. Yeah. So then if she, if she unvamps herself and she's actually blind, then just Perry pretends to be her does seeing it, eye dog again.
0: Does it make Perry more intelligent? Like Perry really feels like he's understanding what is going on and what everyone's saying to him. Right. But Perry cannot communicate. So should she get some of those buttons? So Meg is always trying to get me to get those buttons for Pippin. And then over like put the default voice as like LaCroix. (laughs) Do your duty. (laughs) Feed. Um, And then she gets, yeah, some melodramatic vampire dog voice. For the buttons. And so it's like, mother, I hunger. <laughs> Click.
1: <laughs> I imagine that Nick gave her, like, educated her on welcome to your life as a vampire. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: I'm just talking about, but, like, uh, they have but- eternity to spend together, but Perry can never talk to her. Right. So it's a weird enmeshed relationship with a dog for all of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Does a dog vampire get stronger as time goes on too? Like eventually he'll be unkillable.
1: Oh, oh, okay. So yeah, the sire vampire and their progeny yeah. have a psychic connection.
0: Oh God. <laughs> okay. Yep. I get where you're going.
1: <laughs> That's how they communicate.
0: Yes. They can, they're psychically linked. Forever. She can feel the dog's emotions and he can feel hers. Yep. And if Lacroix is any indication, he might be able to even read her thoughts.
1: Right. It might even be the any limitation on the psychic connection could just be the the like extra self-consciousness of like human consciousness. Yeah. It blocks a lot of it by default. But Perry would be like, no. I'm sharing everything with you. I
0: love you. And
1: so, <laughs> okay, so now in my headcanon is that she can read Perry's thoughts because he fully opens the vampire psychic connection. Okay,
0: there you go. That makes more sense. Because I was like, man, she's stuck forever with this creature which with, with which she cannot fully communicate. But nope, if they can read each other's thoughts. You're welcome. You're welcome. I don't know. That's weird. What about what if they break up later? Like they just want to spend some time alone.
1: Well, then they just put up the psychic wall.
0: Yeah, but what does Perry do? I don't know. Perry has so much restraint. He's capable of turning someone into a vampire, which Jeanette has admitted previously. She's not actually capable of doing reliably because she's too much the glutton. She says. Mm -hmm. I miss Jeanette. Ditto. I guess we'll just leave it here. Because what more can we say? What more can we really explore?
1: Oh, do, do you want more? Do, I can... No. <laughs> I keep going. <laughs> I know you I've can. been holding back. <laughs>
0: have you really? No, don't do that. We have Not an really. audience. Not That's really. what they're here for, is us, our unhinged debates about just the most random bullshit that happens in Forever Night. I don't remember what next episode is. We're going to find out.
1: Um, It's episode six, Rachel.
0: Wow, thank you. Oh, yes. My Uh boyfriend is a vampire is next. Nick versus Forever Night Universe of Jerry Springer. What? Okay, I'm gonna leave it there. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.